Civil War ended in 1865. Is it time for us to move on? We'll talk about that and other questions with William C. Davis on Civil War Talk Radio. How much time each day do you spend managing your personal or business calendar? 15 minutes, a half an hour, maybe more. Is the conference room available for next week's meeting? And how many people do you have to ask to find out? Have you ever misplaced or, worse yet, lost your day planner or handheld device? And what do you do about that missing information? Do you own or operate a salon or carpets cleaning business? How about a realty office or any one of a thousand other service-based organizations? Can your customers make their appointments even when your office is closed? If any of this sounds familiar, then Schedule Online is the solution for you. For more information, call toll-free 888-668-3355. That's 888-668-3355. Or visit us online at www.schedulonline.com. Before we return to our riveting drama, our sponsor insists that we listen to a radio show about television. I'm Jim Benson, host of A Different Sort, as I direct you toward a galaxy of TV memories guaranteed to leave you spellbound while I present many of the greatest legends in television history on the TV Time Machine, every Wednesday beginning at 4 p.m. right here on World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To speak with our show hosts or guests during the live show, call us toll-free in North America, 888-514-2100. Everywhere else, call 001-858-268-3068. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. With me today is William C. Davis, author of many books on the Civil War. Uh, Jack, we were talking about the the way interest in the Civil War has risen and fallen, or at least implying that uh, from the days of Civil War times uh, in the centennial, then through the, the 70s and, and back. Uh, do you see that interest uh, falling off again at some point? I think it's it may be somewhat its growth may be somewhat on hold, or there might even be a little decline uh, now. And for the last <clears throat> three or four years, that's historically that's typical. The, the uh, interest in the war, at least measured in in what people read, um, has always had had peaks and valleys. It, it started you know, the interest was high during the war itself, and it's just always stayed high ever since. It's just been higher sometimes than others. The the big boom of the early 1990s in the wake of the Ken Burns series, uh, uh, Jim McPherson getting the Pulitzer Prize for his Battle Cry of Freedom, the uh, the uh, very successful uh, film Gettysburg, and then uh, the the A and E and History Channel series Civil War Journal. All of that sort of Publishers aren't all that imaginative sometimes, and they, if, they, if something goes well, they try to keep doing it over and over again, rather like people who make 12 versions of the movie Rocky. And publishers really started to glut the market with Civil War books, 
starting in the mid-1990s, uh, a lot of which, a lot of which, frankly, simply should have been published. And they are finding in the last few years that, that books aren't selling as well as they did. And uh, the, the uh, recent film, Gods and Generals, just flopped, completely unlike its uh, predecessor. So I, I think all of these things are kind of signs that the audience is a bit surfeited at the moment. And the publishers, I think, are starting to cut back a little. But it will. This is cyclical, and in a few years, the uh, uh, there may be yet another boom. Hmm. Uh, we're going to have a uh, uh, a Lincoln bicentennial in uh, two years, uh, four years. There will be a Civil War sesquicentennial starting in. Will be 2011. So events like that can always generate. You know, a, a new upward spike in the in the, in the uh, level of interest. Right. In, so, in this uh, environment of perhaps static interest, uh, tell us what you're working on these days. I beg your pardon. But tell us what you're working on these uh, days. Actually, I'm I'm probably done with the Civil War. <laughs> really? <laughs> After all those books that I mentioned, I just can't think of anything left that I'm interested in writing about. And it, uh, not to say there isn't. Are you looking at other areas in history? Oh, yes, yes, I am. But there's so many good people now, and a whole lot of younger people uh, doing really good work in the Civil War. Uh, and I've kind of said what I've got to say about the areas that are of interest to me. So I'm, I've uh, pretty much moved on. I've, I've done a couple of works on the history of what is called the Old Southwest, the Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas region, and have one coming out in two months on Jean-Pierre Lafitte, the smugglers, privateers, and, and uh, filibusters. And I'm finding increasing interest in that early national period in American history, so I may do more work on that, uh, plus Tudor-era theater for a little change. Well, that's different. <laughs> uh, well, you can't sing from the same song sheet forever. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's very interesting. You know, there was the... Uh... The, the a preacher once waited in line to see Abraham Lincoln during his his office days when he would greet those long lines of visitors and uh, the when he came into the office all he said was Mr. President just wanted to shake your hand and wish you good luck and Lincoln jumps up and shakes his hand and says I thought you were coming to preach to me uh, he, he was so happy to meet someone who didn't have anything to say. Well, that's the virtue of knowing when you're, you've said what you've yeah. said is remarkable. I and mean, that's not to say that I, you know, I might not stumble across something really interesting and, and take off on it. I have yet to come out an edited version of a um, very early memoir written in 1867 by Edwin de Leon, who was a Confederate propagandist in Europe in the first three years of the war. And I just stumbled across that. It seemed like an interesting document to... Um, to edit for publication, so it's always possible that I'll come across something of of uh, interest hmm. to, to go ahead with. But there's we got a whole lot of rich history, and it's nice be nice to meddle about in some other aspects of it. Well, that that certainly would be. Uh, that does give perspective, certainly, to step back and look at other periods. Oh yeah. Now you you mentioned uh, some good writers coming along today. Who do you like to read, uh, or who do you see as coming up in the field? Who, whose whose work interests you? Well, uh, Gary Gallagher uh, at University of Virginia, mm-hmm. of course, does outstanding work um, in kind of crossover of military and and social and political history. 
Joseph Glatar, who's at University of Houston, though I think he's about to move to North Carolina, is uh, an outstanding uh, example of what some call the new military history, that is, military history that that casts its eye and context beyond the battlefield to set what's happening on the battlefield uh, into its proper position within the, the, the social, political, economic framework of the you know, the, the nation the armies are representing. Uh, lots of good, there's lots of good biographers. A young fellow named Peter Cousins has done, I'm not much interested in the military aspects of the war, but a young fellow named Peter Cousins has done some outstanding uh, books on um, some of the neglected battles out on the Western Theater and you know, the, the Tennessee Theater of the war. So there, there's, a, there's just a lot of folks out there. As Since I do most of the Civil War reviewing for the History Book Club, I, I see you know, probably 100, 150 manuscripts a year that are submitted to them, so I get sort of a, a first peek at a lot of good work and a lot of bad work. <laughs> I, I, would imagine, so I, I won't ask you who are the bad writers out there today. How about among the classics? Who who uh, who of the traditional writers do you like to read? Uh, well, probably my favorite historian of the era is a man not much heard of now named Roy F. Nichols, who did a book called Disruption of American Democracy about the the uh, the collapse of the Democratic Party in the 1850s, which which led to Lincoln's election and led to the war because it was the only second party there was. I mean, his research and his appreciation of uh, political subtleties was was outstanding, and, and primarily my interest leans toward the political history of, of the war. Uh, um, Douglas Southall Freeman always rewards reading, even though he uh, uh, his books are dated now, but he was a wonderful stylist. Uh, you can't beat uh, Bruce Catton. There's nothing very deep there. Uh, his, his, his research was pretty light, usually just in published sources, but he was such a marvelous writer that it's always pleasant to work in uh, in, in what he has done. That's really really true, that Freeman or Catton, uh, some of the, the, the great old writers do pay off in, in just absorbing their styles. Yeah, and I think, really I think we can be mature enough to appreciate the shortcomings in their work because they don't live up to modern standards of scholarship without without condemning the quality of the works themselves, both as examples of sort of the state of the art of their time and as examples of just fabulous writing. The, the, every, my complaint, and I think every historian's complaint still, is that is that so much that gets written as history is uh, is done in such a professorial fashion. It's it's a, academics writing for the academy that it makes the story uh, inaccessible to uh, to general readers who are really hungry uh, to know it. You know, I always liken it to the old philosopher's adage about a, a tree falling in the forest. If nobody was there to hear it, then did it really make a noise? It seems to me if you've written a book that nobody can bear to read, then you really haven't written a book because you haven't communicated to anyone. I think that that's right, and those who write on the Civil War at least have the opportunity to reach an audience. Those who are yeah. writing perhaps on Tudor theater are, are a little harder. <laughs> Pretty <position>. limited. <laughs> and, and, you know, that in a way that's another reason for the, uh, to getting back to your earlier question about why the, um, why the uh, uh, sustained high level of interest. Uh, good writers are always naturally attracted to good stories. 
and the, the Civil War is the best story we've got, so it's always attracted our best writers. So the one kind of reinforces the other in sustaining the interest. If somebody, if you're a Stephen Vincent Benet or you're uh, 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 John Dos Passos or, or uh, uh, Tom Dickey, is it Tom Dickey? James Dickey. James, yes. Um, uh, or, uh, or whoever. You're likely to be attracted to the Civil War one time or another mm-hmm. because you want to tell that good story yourself. Or Shelby Foote. Shelby's not a great historian, but he's a marvelous writer and tells a fabulous story. I, I remember as a young person, my high school maybe earlier, uh, reading your book on the Battle of, of New Market and the the story of the uh, the VMI cadets uh, it was a great story it, it was yeah. uh, it was gripping and it, it made me want to know more about that battle which made me want to know more about that campaign uh, and ultimately more about the war as a whole yeah and it's just there's no end to those stories but how can you escape being being nabbed by the by the life of Lincoln the man from nowhere who the ultimate Horatio Alger rags to riches guy who becomes not just president, but probably the best executive we've had in, in the most critical time in our history, or the, the uh, Lee and Grant at Appomattox. These things get so over-romanticized, it's hard sometimes to remind ourselves that they really did happen, uh, even once we uh, sort of uh, slice away the, the number of, of mythologizing and sentimentalism. The fact remains that these things still did happen, and it's uh, it's... You've got to be a block of stone not to be captured by some of this. They say an author's books are like uh, his or her children, so this is always an impossible question. Uh, out of your own books, which one do you like the best? Oh, I've written several biographies. Probably my favorite is the very first book I published, a biography of John C. Breckinridge, just because that was the one I learned my craft on. And I've still come back to the subject of Breckenridge in one way or another several times. Of my Civil War-related books, probably the best is one called A Government of Our Own about the formation of the Confederate government. In terms of uh, the quality of research and writing and everything else, I would think my best book is probably one called Three Roads to the Alamo, which is a, a... combined biography of the three Alamo icons. It's not about the Alamo, it's about them as representative men of their time. And I'm, I may be fondest of that one because I so enjoyed doing it. For years I never enjoyed writing. I love research like most historians. And the writing is just sort of the necessary cleanup, like having to wash the dishes after you've had a party. <laughs> but in the last seven or eight years, I finally really started to actually enjoy the act of writing itself. And I really, I just, every day, I couldn't wait to sit down at the word processor and go to work on that book. I really enjoyed writing it. Have you considered writing fiction? Oh, sure. Um, other than my tax returns, you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think almost everybody who writes nonfiction thinks about it. And I'll probably try it someday. Uh, nobody will buy it because I have no cachet as a writer of fiction. What I'd probably be interested in writing would be simply something like cheesy mysteries, which is mostly what I read for mind candy. Um, but I, I, who knows, I may never get around to it. I've written a couple of screenplays. I wrote a documentary uh, text for uh, 
Discovery Channel some years ago that, that they decided not to produce. So I've, I've tried other things besides just writing for you know, books and magazines. Um, but who knows? As, as the shadows are getting longer, maybe I'll take time to, to do something not just outside the Civil War, but outside the field of history as well. When you talk about research, where where do you go to do your research? Oh, well, all over. I mean, you you know what the the standard places are anymore. You, you, the, the Civil War works, of course, have all kept me uh, within the confines of the United States, and most of the work is in the East. Uh, the major places like in Washington, the National Archives, Library of Congress, uh, Duke, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. For some of the other books, I've gone much farther afield. The, the work on the Alamo book took me down to Mexico City to work in in the Mexican archives, which was fabulous, because apparently I'm the first North American who'd been allowed in there since about the 1920s. The, really? uh, the work for this book on the Lafitte has involved research in, uh, in Spain and uh, France because of the, the polyglot community in which they operated. Um, but most of, most of my work is pretty much the standard places that all Civil War historians research. What I have found interesting, at least in my earlier books, was going beyond those and actually tracking down living descendants of people involved in the events I was writing about. Because it's amazed me, especially in the South, how much material is still in private hands. You mentioned that book on the Battle of Newmarket, which was the second one I wrote. I think it was published in 1974. I tracked down descendants of every commander of an army uh, division, brigade, or regiment in the Confederate, in the small Confederate army there. And as I recall, in all instances but two, they had something in the family still. In the sense of documents? In the, in the way of letters. documents, uh, diary, letters, whatever. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm, I'm convinced to this day <coughs> that almost every attic across the South has still got a shoebox or a trunk or a dresser drawer or something in it that's got some saved papers from the Civil War. This was this was such an epochal event for the people who went through it. It was the event of their generation that they wrote about it, and then they saved what they wrote, unlike anything that happened before or maybe anything that's happened since. Some of the outpouring of stuff by participants is enormous. At the Civil War magazine, for years, we published first-person accounts that were sent in by descendants that they found grandpa's letters or his diary and we got them from private soldiers all the way up to rather prominent generals and even created what is now a very large collection of donations of copies of those documents at the uh, u.s army military history at, at carlisle at carlisle yeah and there's still more of this stuff coming out of the, the woodwork there's just there's no end of it unless people are sitting around inventing it <laughs> it just may, yeah, and so often it's a case of people who themselves had no interest or never even knew they had it because it was in the same house they inherited from a grandparent or, and then suddenly get an interest in the subject and uh, uh, bring this material to the fore and either donate it to a university or an archive or in some cases publish it. And it, it's just marvelous what keeps coming out. It really is. I, I've used that uh, that archive uh, at the, the War College, uh, uh, and that is really a remarkable uh, 
collection and, and the sensation of, of when you work in the archives and have someone's letter from 1863 in your hands yeah. uh, is, is, is hard to describe. And that archive in particular, I think, in the recent years has finally come into its own. For a long time, it was an undiscovered jewel uh, that often didn't get used by historians, especially those looking, working in military history. But they've got some, they've got some fabulous stuff there, and it's really getting, really getting good usage now. And I think will uh, uh, for a long time to come. Well, it isn't a great place to visit to do research. We'll talk more about uh, Civil War research and other topics in a few minutes. Right now, we will take a short break and come back with William C. Davis on Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 